We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to Casual Friday. My name is Sean for W, and thank you for joining me today on this, the third to last Casual Friday, the third to last Friday of 2023. Hope your holiday season is going well. If you celebrate, if you don't, I hope your December is going well. And as you can see, if you're watching on YouTube, it's just the two of us today. Unfortunately, well, not unfortunately, but actually I had to travel, so he couldn't attend. He couldn't be here today. Um, so it's just me and my partner in crime from from uh, what's that show that we do on playback called again? <laughs> study Hall. There we <laughs> wow, go. I'm on a roll. <laughs> uh, my part, my partner, in Study Hall Crime, Mensa Smith. Mensa, how are the vibes? The vibes are. Probably the worst they've been all season on a lot of different fronts. Um, I woke up this morning and silly me for not expecting this, but it was the uh, the RJ Barrett Armageddon uh, all over Twitter. It was like it was it was really rough. Um, I think that, yeah, RJ deserves a ton of smoke, but I don't think that he is the the core of why the vibes are so terrible. There are so, so many things went wrong last. If you're listening to this on a Friday, Wednesday night, where the Knicks lost to the Utah jazz in Utah, so many things went wrong. It was like a culmination of issues. And we're starting to this. This feels like a turning point in the season, specifically because we have this next 10 game stretch. All 10 of these teams are above 500. And most of them are on, most of those games are on the road. We got what two against the Bucks back to back at home, but it's it's not going to be an easy stretch. And I think we're going to learn a lot about this team. But as of right now, the vibes are pretty poor. They're in the toilet at this point. I was listening to the post game show yesterday, and um, you had brought. I think you had said that like you know there should have been back to back wins, and instead of um, but instead of being fourteen and nine, we're thirteen and ten, and. It reminded me of last year when we were 10 and 13 and the vibes were in the toilet. So it's amazing how we are. Wow. We are, the numbers are. <laughs> yeah. Yes. 
yeah, like we are three games better in the loss column in the win column, three games better in the loss column last than last year at this time. But the vibes are very, very similar um, to the where they were last year. Um, and I saw your tweet, and for those who may not missed it, I'm going to read it. Um, it said. Everyone other than DDV, Randall, and IQ had a poor performance last night, but all the smoke today is for RJ Barrett. On the post game, we were debating whether or not this was Brunson's worst game as a Nick, but the topic today is RJ Barrett. Okay, I guess. So, what I would ask you is do you feel as if RJ was, because you're right, like just about everyone was not good yesterday. Um, do you feel as if the 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 smoke was why do you feel the smoke was 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 unproportionately directed towards rj um and do you feel that he should have and if you're going to play if you're going to do blame pie do you think that his slice of blame was commensurate to um his play last night so there's okay so rj barrett last night was three for 16 from the floor i think he had like four rebounds or five rebounds and two assists wasn't a great game from rj i think it ended with nine five and two um the defense was up and down for most of the game couldn't hit a shot and was forcing it was maybe the worst we've seen rj all season so yeah he was really terrible he was bad however i don't think that and okay and when you're as bad as he was in a four-point mm-hmm. loss, it's easy to point to him and say, this is the reason we lost. However, when I think about how the New York Knicks win basketball games and how they have won in this the Jalen Brunson era, it's been not necessarily having the most efficient offense. The EFG for this team is trended in the bottom 10 since Jalen Brunson's been here. Not Jalen Brunson's fault, but the way mm-hmm. we built the team around him we are a team that wins the rebounding battle. We win the possession battle. We take more shots than the other team takes. That wasn't the case last night. And so my biggest slice of the blame pie doesn't necessarily go to anybody on the team, but it's the absence of Mitchell Robinson because without him, we are losing an identity. We don't have Mitchell Robinson for the next two and a half months Quentin Grimes is no longer in the starting lineup. And those two guys there were the linchpin of our defense. And Mitchell Robinson, quiet as he was as is kept, has been the linchpin of our offense. He gives us the possessions. And he's been trending before the injury. He was kind of trending down. He got off to a historically great start. So to expect him to have him, that season that he was having, which was basically the greatest offensive rebounding season in basketball, like history, he was doing so well. For just to expect that to have continued would have been foolhardy. But to lose the offensive rebound, to lose the rebounding battle, I think we lost it by seven. And then we allowed a team in the Utah Jazz, which is the 26th ranked offense in the NBA. So a bottom five offense, we allowed them to pace at, I think their um, offensive rating last night was like 115.8. They are around 110. So they outperformed their offense. And for me, that's an issue because this is now in my opinion, the fourth game in a row that the New York Knicks have allowed a team to just play excellent basketball on the offensive end by their own standard, right? Like 117 points isn't a great game in today's NBA, but it is for the Utah Jazz. We allowed the Toronto Raptors to score 130. We got blitzed by the um, 
the the Boston Celtics and we got smoked by the Milwaukee Bucks. And all of it is these teams are shooting. I think the worst that any of those teams shot was 38% from three point range over the past four games. That's more concerning for me than RJ Barrett's like bad performance, because yes, it is year five. Yes, the, the, last night was his 289th regular season basketball game as the New York Knicks. So we have basically, if you're counting, not even basically, if you're counting the playoffs and if you're counting the um the regular season, we have a 300-game sample size of R.J. Barrett as a Knick. And those 300 games will tell you R.J. Barrett is bad at basketball. That's something that if you've been paying attention, you just kind of know. And it's easy to get upset because, again, when R.J. Barrett is bad, to the eye, it's terrible. But if you're asking me what the most concerning trends are, it's Jalen Brunson. And as and this is a good transition because we just we just spoke about how bad R.J. Barrett has been. Jalen Brunson is shooting a worse percentage from the free throw stripe than R.J. Barrett. R.J. is at around 83. He's at 78. Jalen Brunson misses five free throws in a game that we lose by four points. The Knicks miss what the Knicks missed 10 free throws last night. That's concerning. These are the little margin things that the Knicks have built themselves on. The Knicks need to shoot better from the free throw line. The Knicks last night, nine for 39 from the, th- from the three point line. Like, yeah, RJ Barrett was over seven. Don't get me wrong, but Brunson was over six, right? You got Josh Hart over four Quentin Grimes. I think another over four. They weren't, the guys just weren't shooting well. The team went into Utah, which is a place where we all time, I believe, are 16 and 38. We do not win in Utah. Right. So to me, it was a perfect storm of bad events. And there was. Oh, and I don't want to forget this. Last night, Emmanuel quickly was the eighth man. That's ridiculous. I understand that Jericho Sims is the is, is a spot starter. But come on now. Like, what are we what are we doing at this point where Jericho Sims is in the starting lineup? Then you have Isaiah Hartenstein coming in, getting more minutes than Emmanuel quickly. And you have Josh Hart coming in, getting more minutes than Emmanuel quickly. Emmanuel quickly cannot be playing 18 minutes a game. Emmanuel quickly, excuse me, at this point in his career is worthy of getting anywhere between 30 and 35 minutes, 30 to 34. Let's let's be reasonable. Let's say for a six man, maybe 31 minutes is where he needs to be. He's averaging 20 um, four minutes, right? So quick math. Seven is about a third of 24. Not it's a it's a little off, but yeah. he's getting around 30%. He's I would assume that he's getting 30% less of the minutes that he should be getting for a player of his caliber. These are things that are season-long trends that are not going in our direction. And I understand that RJ Barrett being bad is something that we want to harp on as a team, but we can give quickly more minutes. We can be a better defensive team rebounding is a big part of our identity and it looks like over the next two and a half months, we're not going to have that to rely on. So while it is rational to, while understanding all of these things that we're not going to have the rebounding quickly can get more minutes. The guys who are playing need to make more value of their minutes. And RJ Barrett cannot have a game where he's shooting three for 16. And I don't, and again, this is not the, I'm coming to RJ Barrett's defense. Um, I mean, it kind of is, but it's not. That's not the point of. Uh, I gotta be honest, and that's not the point of why I'm I'm so frustrated with the way we're looking at things. Is because we could have sat down R.J. Barrett last night, and let's say Josh Hart gets more minutes. Let's say D.D.V. gets more minutes. Quickly, still needs to play more. We still need to rebound better. You know, Julius Randle has 
12 rebounds in a game last night, but we're still losing the rebounding battle. So it's like, it, it's this is something that, uh, that XJ and Jeff over at the Hot Hand Theory talk about a lot, that just because a guy individually gets good counting numbers as a rebounder, is he actually affecting team rebounding? These are the things that we relied on Mitchell Robinson for. These are the, the defense is something that we've relied on Quentin Grimes for. And with those, with Quentin Grimes being reduced in his role and with Mitchell Robinson being out for the next two and a half months, I think those are the topics that are going to truly define what this next stretch run is going to be like for the Knicks, other than RJ Barrett's inconsistencies because he's been inconsistent his entire career. I know we're frustrated. I know we're at a point where it's like, listen, you need to shit or get off the pot. And I agree with that. I tweeted after um, the, the, um, the one tweet that went up on Twitter. I tweeted after like, listen, RJ Barrett, in my opinion, has 10 more games to get it together. And it's going to be a rough 10 games. But if he's not playing well by the new year, the same way we benched um, Quentin Grimes is the same way RJ Barrett's going to get benched for a guy like Josh Hart. It's going to happen. We're already bringing in, we're already bringing in um, Taj Gibson. The Knicks will make moves. We gave Quentin Grimes 20 games, about 20 games. RJ Barrett's probably going to get 30. And then people are going to be like, okay, we've seen enough. This kid's had four and a half seasons at this point. He's not playing well. We need to move forward because he's holding the team back. And there's no argument against it at this point. Since the, since he's come back from the migraine, he shot terrible. Now, over the course of the season, he's at 35% from three and 83% from a free throw line. And the defense has been consistent. So there are numbers for you to cling to if you so choose to cling to those numbers. However, reality is setting in very quickly for RJ Barrett and he needs to get it together. But just to put a button on this all, even though RJ Barrett is who a lot of people expected him to be. And personally, I'm let down by him. I'm very disappointed. That's not going to define this season. The New York Knicks have not been built around RJ Barrett. They're built about around rebounding the basketball and playing defense. We are not doing either of those two. And that's been the case since before last night. It's been the case for about a week and some change now. And we need to see that change before this team can take a step forward and actually be the a team that maybe hosts a playoff round or is a playoff team instead of a play-in team. Those two things, in my estimation, of course, with Emmanuel quickly getting more minutes, are more important than where R.J. Barrett is currently in his career. So allow me to play devil's advocate. Even though everything you said is spot on, everything. Um, <clears throat> I think there's, some, there's one thing that you said um, just now when you said the team is something along the lines of the team is relying on you like to like for us to do well, you have to play well. And I think what you're seeing on the timeline is four and a half years of frustration. Um, and I'm going to exclude the people that say the people that say he sucks and he's no good. And, and you know, and, you know, insert young player here who shoots 32% from three is better. Yeah, I'm, not, I'm not talking about those people. I'm talking about like obviously you have the RJ Hive, but then you have the then you have the people in the middle, and you know the people who overall support the guy. Um, I think Jalen Brunson was terrible yesterday, but as I say with Julius Randle, like Julius catches more stuff because he has less political capital, he has less social capital, I should say. Jalen Brunson has the highest um, Q. I, actually, I believe the person the highest Q rating team is is Isaiah Hartenstein. Because I don't know anybody who has a problem with him. But after that, it's clear. I would say it's Brunson. And these performances lately are starting to eat at it a little bit. But RJ, it's like you said, like, okay, 
Julius is playing. Julius is playing well. Brunson is not playing well. No one else is playing well. The coach is not playing IQ enough. We need you to step up, RJ. And it's just, it's just like the frustration of you're just doing the same. You're doing the things again that we've told you to stop doing. And I think that is that is where that is coming from. It's like, dog, like, why? Like, why are we here? Like, why are we here again? And especially because you get the tease of like, like before the migraines, he was doing it wasn't even about the shot making. It was the decision making. He did everything right. And it was like, oh, he's really picked up where we left. Because there's a lot of skepticism in the summer. Like, oh, that was just an 11 game stretch. That doesn't matter. When he picked up where he left off, it was like. Okay, we're on to something. But as I say all the time, happiness equals reality months expectation. So I don't think he's it's not his fault we lost. Like you said, nine of thirty-nine from from three, uh losing a rebounding battle, losing the offensive rebounding battle, missing 10 free throws. Uh Quentin Grimes, one shot. I mean, uh, excuse me, two points. I think um, but I just think that that's why you saw that today. It's just like a buildup of frustration um from the general fan base at large who doesn't, you know, traffic in Knicks for clicks and, 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 you know, and negative garbage. So, yeah, I think that's totally fair. And again, I don't want to exonerate RJ. RJ was absolutely a reason we lost the game yesterday. We, he, look, if four things is what I would, well, honestly, five Jalen Brunson's poor play is one. RJ Barrett's poor play is two. The rebounding is three. The defense is four. Emmanuel quickly not getting enough minutes is five. Those are the five reasons right there that the Knicks lost yesterday. But those are five reasons. A lot went wrong is what I'm trying to point out. You know, like, and and that to me is just, especially in a building, and, and I feel like a lot of this is just, this is why I think that it's important to know the history of the game. The Knicks historically don't play well in Utah. It's just a hard place. It's a high altitude. It's across the country. They're there once a year. And this is not an excuse, but... To see that the Knicks played so poorly yesterday, like literally everything went wrong except for Julius Randle. When that's happening, it's kind of like, okay, this is just one of those. You can kind of chalk it up and throw away the game tape, right? And we're willing to throw away the game tape for Jalen Brunson because he absolutely deserves to have an off night. We're willing to throw away the game tape on so many other things. But with RJ Barrett, it's more like, oh, well, this is the expectation for him now. We're expecting him to play bad games. When he does have it, we're going to hammer him every single time. And if that's where we're at in his career, that is fine. He has had 300 games to show us that he is a different basketball player than the one that we saw last night. More often than not, we are seeing that he is the three for 16 guy and not the 11 for 16 guy. And it, again, it's frustrating. It's it's hard to deal with, but I was just trying my best. And I guess it, coming from me as an as a vehement RJ Barrett um, Stan. Coming from me, I was just trying to point out, like, listen, so many other things went wrong. There are other troubling trends that, in my opinion, are more troubling than what we saw from R.J. Barrett last night. But again, because of the four and a half years of frustration, nobody was trying to hear that. And that's fair. But at the end of the day, I'm going to do my best to try to bring levity and try to bring context into every discussion. Um, And I honestly, that is a great segue to my vibe check. Um, For me, the vibes are reactionary um and i'll say so a friend of mine his name is roger anderson he told me actually no he um his cousin ali is one of my close friends ali told me that his cousin told him like if you've been in the, if you get too high or too low you ain't been in the game long enough because 
if you've watched sports long enough, you realize there are going to be highs and lows. There are going to be peaks and valleys. And we can, just like a win doesn't mean that everything is going great. A loss doesn't mean that the sky is falling. But the the, the reactions and the things that I like, like I understand why you tweeted what you tweeted because it's like, why are we piling on RJ? Um, we be working this, you know, this being my second year of Knicks film school, the biggest takeaway from our first year was like, you know, there's a difference when you're watching the game, when you're watching, you're just watching the game as a fan, like, you know, you watch the Knicks, whatever. But when you watch the game, you have to come up with content, to discuss the games all the time. And you realize that these highs and lows, like you, I realize, like this can be exhausting. And this is for me who I, and I try to stay in the middle, but like there are people in the timeline, like you say, the sky is falling and it, the vibes are just like last year. And we're three games better than last year, um, despite having arguably the toughest schedule in the league to start. I think 12 of our first 34 games were at home. Um, so I just just caution everybody, like. Relax to borrow a phrase from the quarterback of the New York Jets, um, like R-E-L-A-X. But I realized that the the extreme output that comes out, it, it, it comes from two places. One, you are someone who has bought all in to what this front office is doing and what this team is doing. And. The first this is your this is you showing your frustration or. You're someone who never bought into what the front office is doing and never bought into the head coach. And you're just using this as a means to like to to um, affirm your agenda. Like, see, I told like I told you, I I told you Leon ain't it. I told you Tibbs needs to be fired or what have you. Right. Um, And you can't live life that way. And you shouldn't watch sports that way. Like, I know they say we shouldn't tell people how to fan. We can give guidelines, though. Like, we can't be it can't be that this whole thing is terrible. We need to blow it up because we lost to the Utah Jazz on a month on a Wednesday night in December. It can't be that way. You know, and it's but the same way how it can't be orange and blue skies and some guy on a four-letter network says, well, we win, you know, five in a row or four in a row, right? Um just try like just try and take a look at the big picture. And again, if you think the front office sucks and you think the coach sucks, everything I'm saying to you, or if you think RJ sucks or Brunson is a ball hog or Randall is a is a hothead and whatever. None of what I'm saying is going to make uh matter to you. So via con Dios. But for everyone else who lives in the middle, who actually appreciates this nuance and context and takes a look at the big picture, let's ask yourself this. Do you believe this team is moving in the right direction? And not from a game to game, not from Wednesday night to Friday night. Not from the first week of December to the second week of December. Do you think from where this where, where this administration started to where it is now, do you think they're moving in the right direction? And do you trust them to make to to continue to move in the right direction? Because I heard you said yesterday on, on the post game, like this front office is smart. Like they are clearly intelligent. Like, are do they bat a thousand? No, nobody does. But if you believe in that, then just stay the course. And you know what? I've also come to realize, and I'll wrap up after this, that, you know, a lot of our fan base has never seen us be this good for this long. So they don't necessarily know how to deal with like, and again, I'm excluding people that have been out on this front office from day one, but 
those people who have the only good teams, the only good Knicks teams you've seen were the random karma, the random 54 win team. And then, you know, those teams that won between like 39 and 42 games, like a seven seed or 60, what have you. Listen, man, I, I, I grew up watching the Knicks roll out of bed and make the playoffs like winning a like I'm from the era where winning a first round series was fait complete. Like you were like the Knicks were never going to go out in the first round. Like when they lost in the first round of 2001 to Toronto, that's when I knew this was the beginning of the end. And guess what? There were days where Patrick Ewan did not play well. There were days when Pat Riley made shaky decisions. There are days when um, Jeff Van Gundy made shaky decisions. There were days where John Starks could hit the broadside out of a barn. There were days where um, there were days where we just didn't play well. But we and yes, you know, there are people that listen. Patrick Ewan got booed. The New York Post to say things and, you know, have terrible headlines and back pages or whatever. But I mean, me, 12-year-old, 13-year-old Sean always felt like, but hey, we're having a good team. We're moving in the right direction. Um, so if you feel that way, then try not to get too high or too low because there's going to be like no one, no one kicks ass all the time. Nobody, nobody, nobody. I saw on Twitter, someone said, listen, the next franchise record for wins are 60, which means 22 times in their best season ever, they lost 22 times. And we're not we're not as good as that team. So there's going to be more of these. Just just try to stay. Try to stay in the middle. Just try to stay in the middle. Like, don't don't get too high. Don't get too low. And don't let outside forces influence how you view the team. If, how you view the teams, how you view the team. Yeah, couldn't have said that one any better. You know, don't get too high. Don't get too low on the team, on a player on anything this team again if a good litmus test especially since that we've been watching because i've been watching this team every year for um i want to say since i was what 13 years old so i got a i got a little while <laughs> um on the knicks so this is a, this team here we play 82 games this year and i and there's no game where i'm like the Knicks do not have a shot to win. Now, some games turn out that the Knicks didn't actually have a shot to win, like the Milwaukee Bucks games, for example. But I don't like there's an angle every single time for this team to come out and win. So while last night was a really rough one for us, and I'm sorry, by the time you listen to this, if you're listening to it on um, the day it drops, Wednesday night was a really rough night for um, the New York Knicks. It's part of the season, 82 games in. I know we feel like the sky is falling. We've only played 23 of 82 games. There are 59 more to go. So we have we have a lot of we have a lot more basketball to see and hopefully not even hopefully just you can expect to see a lot more good basketball because the Knicks are a good team. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. What's up Knicks fans? Quick break to tell you about AG1. AG1 is a foundational nutrition supplement that supports your body's universal needs such as gut optimization, stress management, and immune support. Since 2010, AG1 has led the future of foundational nutrition, continuously refining their formula to create a smarter, better way to evaluate your baseline health. Fun fact, I recommended AG1 to all my friends, family, and Mrs. Claudio. We drink AG1 first thing in the morning 
morning to make sure we have the energy needed to take on a busy day. There's no debate. AG1 is the supplement I trust to provide the support my body needs daily. If you want to take ownership of your health, it starts with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com slash filmschool. That's drink. That's drinkag1.com slash filmschool. Check it out. Hey there, Knicks fans. Quick break to tell you about HelloFresh. With HelloFresh, you'll get farm-fresh pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. You know I like my stats, so I got some stats here for you. Good food is too precious to waste. HelloFresh's pre-proportioned ingredients cut down on your food waste by at least 23% compared to grocery shopping, which is good for your wallet and the planet. And if you're looking for more ways to save this spring, HelloFresh is cheaper than grocery shopping and 25% cheaper than takeout. 25%, that's a lot. I love HelloFresh. I love not only the taste of the meals, but I love the fact that I could have two kids literally hanging off me as I am cooking and I'm still able to follow the recipes and make meals that are exactly as advertised. If you want to experience HelloFresh too, don't hesitate. Go to HelloFresh.com slash filmschoolfree and use code FILMSCHOOLFREE for free breakfast for life. You did not mishear me. One breakfast item per box while subscription is active. Again, go to HelloFresh.com slash FILMSCHOOLFREE and use code FILMSCHOOLFREE for free breakfast for life. HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. All right, so now let's move on to shoutouts. So, Mensa, I will defer to you if you'd like to go first. Who would you like to shout out this week? So this week, um, I just want to stay in the vein of the the Utah game specifically. Um, I want to shout out one Thomas Thibodeau because Tom Thibodeau is a guy that I myself am not his biggest supporter. Most people, well, not, I don't even know about no, most people, but he has a a sizable segment of people who want him fired. One thing that I want to, I want to shout him out because last night, everything that could go wrong, except for Julius Randle did go wrong. And we lost that game by four points. That is a testament to Tom Thibodeau being such a steady provider of guidance of guidelines of principles for this team. So that even when we are shooting dog shit, when we are not, stopping anybody we still have a chance to win the game it was a we mounted a fake comeback a um, patented Knicks fake comeback but it's just to me it's a testament to what Tom Thibodeau is doing does work um again and I just went on a rant about how for the past four games our defense has been sliced and diced Uh, we haven't been able to get stops and a lot of that, and there's, of course, I have a lot of frustration with Tom Thibodeau with not playing Emmanuel quickly, but um, at the same time, the front office did give him too many guys and he does have too many mouths to feed. So it's kind of difficult for him to balance that. And I will give him grace, but I do want us to acknowledge the fact that this was a team and it, it what Andrew said on the post game really rung true with me. You pick any other coach over the last 10 years. That game by the third quarter when we're down, I think, what, five? And as soon as we get down, I think as many as 16 or however many we got down, um, the Knicks would have rolled over. It would have been over. We would not have had 
any reason to watch the game after that point because we would have been watching Deuce McBride close out the game. The game would have been over. We watched the team where David Fisdale was down. I forget how many points. I'll never forget that graphic. 100 to 62. Okay. And he's smiling down 38. Like that's not Tom Thibodeau. And okay. A lot of people might think that, oh, well, the floor, you know, the the bars on the floor and, and, you know, all those fun things. But you do have to give a man credit for at least providing some sort of stability to a team that has not that is going to it's going it's about to go through a very rough stretch of basketball games. And I know that even though we may not come out on the other side of this thing, there's a chance that we come out three and seven. There's a chance we come out two and eight. There's also a chance we come out seven and three, eight and two. There's a chance that the Knicks can do that. And a lot of that is because I do not watch the New York Knicks play basketball and think that we are underprepared. Every night, I know we are prepared to play. And that means a lot to me, especially considering where this where this team has come from to where it is now. A lot of that rests on the, the shoulders of Tom Thibodeau. So this week, I want to give him my shout out because I think that while Mitchell Robinson is down, while Quentin Grimes is not in the starting lineup, I still have faith the New York Knicks can win basketball games. And a lot of that is because of Tom Thibodeau's preparation as a head coach. Well said, Mensa. Um, Yeah, the floor... The floor, Tom Thibodeau, you will always have a high floor. Like you will shoot like like the worst season this man has had has been 34 was 37 to 45. That was the worst season in four years. So, no, I, I'm with you 100 um, percent. But it's actually very interesting that you picked him. I'll tell you why in a second. Um, my shout out goes to and this may surprise some people after what happened yesterday goes to Quentin Grimes. And my shout out to Quentin Grimes is because um, in the starting lineup, Quentin Grimes was shooting 36% from the field, 42% from two, 35% from three, and a true shooting percentage of 50%. Since moving to the bench, uh, 52% from the field, 63% on twos, 47% from three, and, and a 66 true shooting percentage. And that includes last night's game where he scored two more points than I did on one of four shooting. So um, it's nice to see. I mean, obviously, three-game sample size for two to three games. He played well. He looked more comfortable. He looked more attacking. He looked to get more involved for those, for at least for those two games. Um, hopefully, this will, he can carry this over. This can carry over to when he goes back to the starting lineup, because I believe at some point he's going back into the starting lineup. And when he goes back to the starting lineup, it will then be a testament to the head coach and the three high usage players on the team to make sure that he gets involved and he and he feels empowered to do things to, to do things that he can be to do well offensively. And listen, and also now I'm not giving a complete pass because when he was complaining, you know, I looked it up. He was shooting, I believe it was 27 percent on on open threes where, 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 yeah, 27%. So we can't have that. You know, um, like you, like you said earlier, it's not Tom Thibodeau's fault. The Knicks went nine to 39 from three. Like you're here, like you have open shots, hit them. But um, I'm glad to see that the, that, that change uh, 
put a little spark in him. I saw people call him demotion. I don't believe it's a demotion per se. I believe it's putting a player in the best position to succeed. Um, it's not how you start, it's how you finish. Listen, Jericho Simpson started the last two games. He's played he played 18 minutes last night. Um, so it's it, it's not about it's not about starting and finishing and oh, that's a demotion. Oh, it's about being put in, in a position to succeed. And for at least the first two games, he has he's been successful. Yeah, that was a curveball, but I think it's a great shout out because Quentin Grimes basically bet on himself where everybody thought that he was going, you know, he was having a bad season around the 20 game mark. The Knicks took him out of the starting lineup and then he responded about as well as any basketball player could have responded. So shout out to Quentin Grimes. Um, Last night was a bad game, but it was a bad game for everybody. So we're probably going to, I'm at the point where I'm throwing out the tape for everybody last night. Wash, rinse, repeat. Let's try again on Friday against the Suns. So, yeah, with with that being said, Quentin Grimes has been awesome since we moved him to the bench, and I'm very proud of him. Yo, that's interesting you say that throughout the tape because that was, you know, growing up, football and basketball, they were, we, pre-social media, that's a phrase we'd hear a lot, a lot, like the team would, if a team had a stinker of a game, it would be throughout the tape, forget about it, let's move on. Um, in the social media world, in this in, in, in this social media age, that doesn't really happen. Um, we never, we never, we when we see the terrible game, we never throw out the tape. We analyze it, we dissect it, we pour over it every single day. But sometimes you gotta look at it and say, like, you know what? Like, honestly, for me, that was the Bucks game. Like when they shot seventy percent from three. Like it's like no, no, no. Like, and people were just like, oh, it's because it, it shots are open. Like, no, 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 no. Nobody shoots 70% on open th- on open shots. Like, nobody. So, like, that one, I was like, all right, just chalk that up. You know, whatever. But to your point, it's now been four games in a row where the team has been playing above its uh, offensive level. And that's something we have to clean up. Um, and that's a, that's a good segue to our next segment, because if we have shout outs, we also have to ask why people are being unserious. And I'll start this time. And so my why so unserious is actually a bit of a preemptive one. Cause I don't think he's been unserious, but there is a potential for unseriousness. And it's for the head coach of the New York Knicks, Tom Thibodeau. (laughs) Why do I say that? Okay. We have lost our, I'm going to say it. We have lost our most valuable player. Mitchell Robinson is not our best player, but he's our most valuable player. Because, and I said this in the summer, and I've said this to anyone who will listen, the New York Knicks are primarily built around the strengths and weaknesses of Mitchell Robinson on both sides of the ball. Mental, you touched on it. Like the offensive rebound, like the rim protection on defense, the offensive rebounding on offense. He's gone until, he's gone for two months. We just I'm not asking him to draw up a brand new offense because that's not realistic in the middle of the season. But we need rent due tips at some point. Like we're going to need we're going to need running more offense through our Hartenstein. We're going to need better. We're going to we can't have as 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 uh, Sean Geddes like to say subs on auto. Um, we need better rotations. We need. 
to recognize like, you know what, maybe Grimes shouldn't be playing these minutes. Maybe shouldn't be playing these minutes. Um, we're going to we're going to need that. We're going to need adjustments. We're going to make changes. And we know that he has the ability to do so. But we also know that he waits until the absolute last freaking second to do it because he believes in what he believes in. He knows what works. So I'm not saying he's unserious now because, again, is not Tom Thibodeau cannot make this team hit 10 free throws. Tom Thibodeau cannot make this team shoot better than nine from 39 from three. Tom Thibodeau cannot. Um, well, but what Tom Thibodeau can do is stop yanking IQ's minutes around. And I want to give a shout out to Jeff um, from the high end theory in the Strickland, who had a, a really good rant on Twitter today. And he was like, this is three years in a row with the beginning of the season. Tom Thibodeau has has been funny with his minutes and what's the reason that's why when people say it's oh it's because of politics because they don't want to give him an extension i was like they were doing this two years ago <laughs> and, and, and 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 you know not we've been saying this for years like iq needs more minutes he needs more minutes like you said a lot you said it yourself in the post game like can jim brunson play 34 minutes and give those minutes to quickly and and then quickly can play 22 23 instead of 18 like so Listen, we we are we are. This is going to be our daunting. This is going to be the most daunting stretch of the season. After that, the schedule does get easier, uh, but we need we are going to need everybody to be flexible in these next ten games, and we're going to need everyone to step up, and that includes the head coach. So I'm not saying he's unserious now, but it's a preemptive unserious because there's some there's some signs of unseriousness, especially with the minutes for IQ. Uh, especially with the especially with the rotations, and again, I'm not saying those are the reasons why we lost yesterday. I'm not saying that's the reason why we gave up uh, 4,900 threes to Milwaukee, but we know that the Knicks are in a bit of a rough stretch, and it can't necessarily be like, all right, we're just gonna do what we've always done and expect it to work, uh, especially with us losing our most valuable player. Yeah. I'm very happy that you gave Tom Thibodeau your why so serious because it kind of encapsulates the Tom Thibodeau experience in general because I give him a shout out because he does some things really well and you give him a why so serious because there are some things that are not necessarily the best from Tom Thibodeau and I just want to be very upfront about this. Tom Thibodeau is extremely unserious for only giving Emmanuel quickly 24 minutes a game to start the season. It's just not, it's not what you want, especially when he was your third best player last year. He does, he, you can't say that a player, you know, has to earn their minutes. And then when a player like Emmanuel quickly earns his minutes, you cut them. It doesn't make any sense. And I think that's very unserious, which actually is a perfect like tie into my unserious because I'm going to give the front office my why so unserious. It's not that I don't believe in these guys. It's not that I think that they're doing a disservice to the team, but they have done a disservice to Emmanuel quickly. And that for me is enough to give you a why so serious. We have Fred Katz putting out reports that there's rumblings that guys aren't the happiest. It's not necessarily like there's the lo- they're losing the locker room or anything, but not everybody's thrilled with their role. Josh Hart, vocal about it. Emmanuel, not Emmanuel quickly. Um, Quentin Grimes, vocal about it. And we're seeing that there are just too many mouths to feed. And when we signed Dante DiVincenzo, everybody was so sure that the the consolidation trade was coming because you had to make a consolidation trade because when you got out, when you took out your your pencil and you wrote on a napkin and you tried to do all the, the math, you realized that somebody who is a good basketball player is going to get shorted. Well, it turns out basically everybody's getting shorted. 
Um, Quentin Grimes isn't getting his touches. Dante DiVincenzo is playing less minutes this year than he played last year. Emmanuel Quickly playing less minutes this year than he played last year. And these guys are all good basketball players who deserve prominent roles on any NBA team. So for the front office to have rolled into the season and just like, well, you know, too many good players isn't a bad thing. Yeah, not necessarily a bad thing, but it's turning out to be a problem where you have a guy in his contract season, a contract here for him is not getting the minutes he needs. We're not seeing like, again, the Jeff rant was great. Um, Shout out to the hot hand theory. They're doing great stuff over there. Uh, even though he was on the Strickland when he gave this rant, like Emmanuel quickly having a line like 15, one and one is not Emmanuel quickly stuff at all. He is a rebounds and assist guy through and through. He is a detail oriented defender. He's a free safety. This guy, he's not necessarily Ed Reed, but he might be Troy Palomalu, you know, on defense. He's, he's really good. And, we're starting to see that he's kind of prioritizing the shooting and all of his numbers are up. All of his numbers are basically career highs for him and we're just not getting him the minutes. And for the front office to have rolled into this, you can blame Tom Thibodeau for it and that will be fair because he's the one who has to distribute the minutes. But the front office handpicked Tom Thibodeau and our president of basketball operations used to represent Tom Thibodeau. These guys know Tibbs. So to, and I understand it, one-to-one DiVincenzo over Obi Toppin is a good thing. We're not doing worse because of that trade. Well, not trade, but because of the, um, the trade off, I would say mm-hmm. also, it's just not, we need to see consolidation soon because Emmanuel quickly doesn't play. And that, and, and that's, and that's actually this week. What brought me to this conclusion is because not only did, um, Mitchell Robinson missed minutes, missed a game, but also Emmanuel quickly missed a game. And then it just seemed like guys played more free, right? The defense was still bad. They still gave up 130 points, but they also scored 136 points. So guys played more freely. You got to see, even though DiVincenzo didn't take um, too many shots with the starting unit, he did have four rebounds and five assists in that Toronto game. Guys, um, a guy like Quentin Grimes was able to step up into a role and play really well. So... I think that the front office needs to figure it out because to have compiled this much talent at this position, you know, all these guys are basically six, four and under guards that need minutes at the one or the two, even, even a little bit at the three, if you're counting on um, Josh Hart, um, it's just not what you want. And we need to, we need to see change soon. I'm not calling for a trade, but I am saying that this plan was half baked because we're waiting for eventually, but before we get to eventually, we have the meantime. In the meantime, we are seeing that there is a minutes crunch and it's affecting guys play on the court. Yeah, no, all very fair and valid points. Um, I approach. So the funny thing is, I approached this season and I, I, I realized that I think during the preseason game, I think it was during the preseason game. Or very early in the season, like this was going to be a bridge year because this team was not going to win the championship, um, but this team was good enough to make the playoffs. And, you know, like you said earlier, if everything falls into place, they can make an ECF run. But likely their ceiling is a second round exit, likely, um, which will be the exact same thing as last year. But, you know, at least it's not a, it's not a step back, like, you know, going from the we year season to the, to the thumbs down season. So. I knew that, and that's because I knew that, again, happiness equals reality minus expectations. It made, it made, it makes it easier to stomach this year, the things that have happened. But at the same time, I, 
the too many, I didn't think, I knew it would be an issue. I didn't think it would be this much of an issue, like the, the too many guys. I thought we had a solid nine. It looks like we have more than a solid nine, and nine isn't, and nine, and nine rotations, the minutes for nine rotation spots isn't enough. Um, I will say that this is a good problem to have because I remember when we had to decide between uh, when those minutes were going to Langston Galloway and Damian Dotson and uh, Lance Thomas. And not to disparage those guys as NBA players, but I mean, just look at our record. We weren't very good. Um, a move will be made. I don't think it will be made now because I don't think anything is to sound the alarm, but I, I think there will be. A, I think a move will be made. I don't know what it is. It better not be. For, it's not going to. It's not going to be for DeMar DeRozan. So anyone who wants that one, I will look at you. I will side eye you to the to the white meat. And um, this doesn't make it doesn't help anything. Like you can't say like, oh, we need we need Emmanuel Cookie needs more minutes and more shots. Let's bring in this high usage guy. Right. Um, so. Yeah, like the front office has to take some blame for this. Like they had brought in a lot of guys and and there isn't enough uh there isn't enough minutes because of the large jam. Although I will say I do think they figured, well, unfortunately, there may be an injury because you know Grimes hurt for extended period of time last year. RJ missed RJ missed some games, Brunson missed some games. And this year, for the most part, the the one place where we really couldn't afford to have an injury, that's where we got the injury. Like the long-term injury, that's where we got it. So there you go. What's up, Knicks fans? Quick break to tell you about our new sponsor, Prize Picks. Not only are they the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America, but they're also the easiest and most exciting way to play. Instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks, it's just you against the numbers, picking more than or less than on a two to six player stat projection. With basketball season fully underway, you can now pick combo projections across football and basketball from the Specials League. This is a league created specifically for combo projections that include two or more players from different sports or leagues. For example, take Jalen Brunson over in points or Julius Randle over in rebounds and combine it with two NFL picks like Lamar Jackson over in rushing yards or Zach Wilson over in interceptions. Prize Picks is a really simple way to play. Prize Picks offers weekly promotions that can lead to big payouts. Like on Taco Tuesday each Tuesday, Prize Picks discounts select player projections up to 25% to provide even more value. Prize Picks now offers Apple Pay for quick and easy deposits into your account all basketball season. You know what to do. Go to prizepicks.com slash KFS and use code KFS for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, that's prizepicks.com slash KFS and use code KFS for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks. It's daily fantasy sports made easy. That is all for today. Um, Mensa, any last words before we wrap up and get out of here? Uh, no, I feel like I said it all. It's kind of good, you know, just being two guys at the pod. You know, you get um, a lot of runway to say things. Um, I guess I'll just I'll just uh, close it out by saying that this next two weeks of the season will pretty much decide what we do in the month of January. Like what I, it will decide whether or not the front office will be more urgent or if they'll kind of wait and take the same wait and see they're taking a basically every move. Um, 10 games. I think seven on the road, all against teams above 500. We need to see this team respond. 
in a way that is becoming of the New York Knicks that we have come to love, a team that works hard, a team that wins the possession battle, a team that tries on defense, and a team that hits their threes, please. Can we do that? Um, I'd like to see more manual quickly minutes. Um, not really one for a ball prediction right now, other than, yeah, no, no ball predictions. Just I just want to see the New York Knicks play well. And it starts on Friday today against the um, the Phoenix Suns. So let's see what we got. Oh, that's we're supposed to do bold predictions. I knew I forgot. So, OK, but you know what? You have no bold prediction. That is fine. I will make a bold prediction. The New York Knicks. Well, just uh, no, I can't do that because that will, we're recording next week. All right. So the, our next we have at <laughs> oh, good God at Phoenix, at the Clippers, at the Lakers, Phoenix. And then the Clippers is a back to back at the Lakers. Then home for, well, not home, but for all intents and purposes, then we're at Brooklyn, which means they'll be sleeping in their own beds. Um, okay. So, all right. So Phoenix, LA, Phoenix, LA teams and Brooklyn. Um, I think the Knicks will, my bold prediction is that the Knicks will go two and two. I think they will. I think they'll beat the Lakers. Um, and I think they'll beat the Nets and I think they're going to lose to the Suns and the Clippers. So I think it's going to happen. And I'd say they're going to beat the Lakers because they're going to be pissed because, of course, the, the Lakers have chosen the night we play them to unveil their in-season tournament championship banner. Uh, so I was like, I, all right, see the vibes, whatever. Um, but yes, that's my bold prediction. Uh, the Knicks will go two and two in these next four games. They will beat the Lakers and beat the Nets. That's my bold prediction. I, yeah, that's my bold prediction. What they do against Phoenix, they're going to lose to the Clippers. Back to back, fourth game of five nights on the road. Like, they're going to, like, look, they're going to be in LA Friday night doing LA things. Saturday, chalk that joint up. All right. So that's our bold, that's our bold prediction segment. Um, and so before we wrap up, I do want to take a, a minute or two um, to acknowledge somebody. Um, it's a bit and it's, it's a little melancholy. Um, on Monday, I received news that my co-worker, former co-worker and friend Kevin Cronin um, passed away. Uh, he was third. He had just turned uh, 39. He had just turned 39 on November 27th. Um, I met Kevin when I used to work at Media Edge CIA um, and that agency in New York. Uh, we both worked at AT&T account. But what really bonded us together was that Kevin was you will not have found a bigger Knicks fan than Kevin Cronin. And me being a Knicks fan, we talked basketball all the time. Um, we had a we had a team that our, our our company sponsored a team that played in the New York Urban Professional Basketball League. Um, I played I played on that team with him and a couple and a bunch of other guys, James Albert, Jim, I forget James last name, um, Evan Meekins. Um, uh, I'm uh, I'm blanking on names, but we played. We won. We won league champion. We won titles in that game together. Um, Kevin Cronin was responsible for one of the best days of my uh, athletic life because in one of those seasons we had uh, in one of those seasons in the playoffs we were down twenty to this team that had no that we had no business losing to. We were better than them, but we just didn't play well. But we fought back. We fought back. We chipped away, and we won the game on a bank shot three top of the key by Kevin and we all ran and mobbed him and jumped up and down. Um, Kevin Cronin is the reason why I tore my Achilles in 2012, because even though I 
tore it on a Saturday night, strolling at my frat brother's a uh, engagement party. This injury started on the the injury started on the Monday because he was playing this three and three tournament and they were a man down. They needed somebody. So at five o'clock, it's like, yo, dude, can you play? And I was like, for you, anything. And I ran home to Harlem, got my stuff, took the train back to the gym. I think they were playing at John Jay. I didn't stretch. I went, I played, I pulled both my calf muscles playing that game. We had, and then we had our regular game two nights, two nights later. And with our team, the media edge team, and we were shorthanded. So everyone had to play all, all, all there was 20. I think it was, uh, there were like 15 minute half. So I had to play all 30 minutes and I was fine. Saturday, boom, tore my Achilles because of Kevin Cronin. But you know what? No regrets at all. And last thing I'll say is Kevin Cronin is the reason why I'm a Knicks season ticket holder because his father has had season tickets for well over 30 years, um, maybe even close to 35 years. Uh, and he told me the story like they started way up in the nosebleeds and little by little years on, they moved down, moved down, moved down. So they end up getting like really good seats. And once a year, uh, Kevin, if he, you know, if, you know, if, if, if his father couldn't make it or his brother couldn't make it or he couldn't get someone to go, he would say, hey, you want to come with me to the game? Absolutely. And I did. And that's when he told me a story about how he had the tickets for so the tickets for so long. And I was like, that's amazing that you that his father is something that's something that his father did that he's going to be able to pass on to his sons. And I for me, I have season tickets now because I want them. I want my son, Zach of an H to be able to have next season tickets and go to games at a, at a young age and, through, and have them throughout his life. So um, the, the news is very tough, but, you know. Kevin, we'll, we love you. We miss you. And again, you'll never, and he was a Mets fan too, Mensa. You'll never find a, you'll never find a bigger uh, fan of the Knicks than Kevin. So I say to everyone, reach out to your loved ones, love on your loved ones. If there's someone that you hadn't seen in a while, um, reach out to them. Oh, actually, the last thing I'll say is it's fit. It's, it's ironic that the last time I saw Kevin Cronin was at a Knicks game. Um, my brother had sees my brother had a, a access to a suite for the uh, preseason game. I believe they're, 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 um, they're playing the Wizards and uh, a couple of people had I had dropped out. So I was like, let me just call Kevin. Like, I was like, I don't know if Kevin can make it, but I'll call Kevin. He made it. He came. We hung out. We watched the game. Um, and ironically, like I texted him like two weeks ago. I was like, hey, we need to get a beer and hang out. He's like, yeah, we're going to do that. Yeah, we're definitely going to do that soon. Um, so rest in peace to Kevin Cronin. Um, he will be missed. Um, he leaves behind a wife and two young boys, which is so heartbreaking. But I just wanted to take a few minutes to acknowledge him because um, the Knicks community is a family and we lost a very, very, very good member of the Knicks fan community um, this week. So, Kevin, love you, man. Rest in peace. And with that, um, that is Casual Friday. Thanks to Mensa uh, for joining me today. Uh, make sure you check out, make sure you subscribe to the Knicks Film School podcast. I mean, if you're listening now, you're not a subscriber. I don't know what you're doing. Um, please leave us a five-star review on iTunes. And it's, if it's less than five stars, keep it to yourself. We need five stars, bro. We need five stars, bro. We need five stars. Um, 
if you're not a patron, join you, you should join a patron. Um, then that way you have access to our um you have access to our playback watch parties. Although, because playback wants to be stupid and now we can't, you have to have league pass, but make sure you join us on YouTube for our watch. You make sure you join us on YouTube for our watch alongs. Uh check out math class, check out um st- study hall. Study hall will be back soon. And I think uh and yeah, I think that's really what's going on right now. So for Mr. Smith, I am Sean for W. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. Knicks Nation, let's ride. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.